Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. We hope. Are you there, Michael? Standing by and can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Oh yeah, you got, what did you get a new phone? You sound great. Maybe this uh, maybe this is the Florida the Florida phone? I, I'm on the speaker, I thought, as opposed to the handset. So if this is better, that's even better. Uh, okay. Super great. Okay, okay so we, we are live in the Merrimack Valley today. Uh, Michael is uh, remotely from uh, from sunny Florida. How, how's the weather down there? Oh, Justin, it's uh, tough to be unhappy in Florida. <laughs> a low 80s for the last few days and not a bad thing, you know? And Alyssa and Kirk have not made it down yet, right? They're, they're en route. Last I heard, they were in Pennsylvania, so they're <laughs> well, I'm sure we're going to get uh, updates as we go along here. But yeah, they're they're due about 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. So we'll yeah, and they're going. They're, they're, so so this is, of course, we're talking about uh, your daughter, my sister, Alyssa, and Kirk are heading down to Florida with the girls via via car or SUV, and uh, planning no stops. So that's you know good good luck to them. I think that was their rough plan. We'll see if they we'll see if they actually can make it without uh, without hitting a hotel, but. Uh, good luck to them. Uh, all right, let's get uh, down to business today. So um, t- we're going to be talking about, we have, we have a, I think, a good show title, a nice, concise show title this time for once. Uh, it's Your Home as an Investment. Uh, and so we're going to spend the day talking about, uh, you know, home ownership and, uh, and you know, wh- whether or not it, sh- it ought to be considered an investment. And we're going to, you know, we'll run some numbers and talk about some, um, you know, talk about some alternatives, uh, obviously, you know, renting versus owning and spend most of the show on that today. We will have a guest. We're going to we're going to bring in uh, Alicia Glazier from uh, from Keller Williams of the Merrimack Valley later on to uh, you know to just give a real a real estate agent's perspective. And uh, that's about it. Uh, if you uh, anyone out there in the Merrimack Valley again, we're live today. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call on this or any other topic, uh, give us a ring. It's 978-454-4980. Again, that's 978-454-4980 and if you prefer for email, uh, you can shoot us an email, questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. All right. So do you want to, I think we're, we're, we sort of both have material here. I have some more, I'm going to be more on the calculation side. Um, and I think you have, you're going to start with some, some history for us. And so why don't you get us started? Does that, that work for you? 
Uh, however you like to do it, my son. Uh, I, I can do that. What, what time is our real estate person coming on? Alicia is going to be on uh, in the 1030 segment. Uh, well, she'll, she'll, she'll jump on at 1030 and we'll, we'll go as long as, uh, as long as we, we, you know, hey, just as long as, as long as we find it useful to, to have, to have her opinion. Sure. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, let, let me jump to the conclusion here, my son, and okay. kind of backpedal. Uh, real estate can be an investment, okay, but for most people, they mess it up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Should we stop the show now? <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to skip to the end to keep it simple. So, yeah. so, so you know how in our business. Yeah. Markets do what markets do, and as long as you're invested in the market, uh, you get to earn a market return. Well, people mess up their investment returns uh, unless they're careful. And and after doing some research and thinking about this for the last couple of days, you know, I, I I'm okay with that real estate could be an investment, uh, yeah. but I, I honestly think for most people, they mess that up and it becomes a losing proposition. So I won't knock the real estate, I'll rock, knock the people and we'll kind of go from there, all right? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the basic conclusion that I've come to as well. And so we'll just talk about, you know, all, all the, you know, what, what makes it good and what makes, and, and the mistakes that people do make and try to just make clear to everybody that it's it's not a, it's not a no-brainer i think you know you 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 may hear real estate sold as oh real estate is a great investment your home included uh that's that's not tr- not necessarily true and i think we can put some numbers to that later on in the show that will demonstrate that uh, but we're also not taking the you know the against case where you know real estate's not an investment you should uh, you should rent and invest all your money in uh, in the market right I certainly am not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Okay, so uh, so it's kind of tough to do numbers over the radio, but well, this is going to be gonna, a tough show then. Okay, I'm, I, I understand. <laughs> And I was thinking about this, but uh, real estate can be even more fuzzy than investments when you start thinking about how to, how to compute returns and do math and stuff. But okay, here we go. Okay, so uh, so I uh, the, you know this is all courtesy of Mr. Google here. So uh, the numbers, by the way, folks, the numbers are uh, what they are, uh, and the points that we make are what's important. The, the numbers may vary a little bit for you or your circumstances, but anyway, median. Massachusetts home price, 1990. Yep. Okay. That's our first number, $162,000. Alrighty. Okay. All right. That's 30 years ago. Median Massachusetts home price, 2020, $480,000. Okay. Holy cow. <laughs> We've gone from 162 to 480 in 30 years. That is a 4.03% per year compounded return on your investment. All right. All right. Well, on the surface, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to put some numbers uh, behind that, okay? So we're going to buy that home for $162,000 in 1990, okay? Uh, we're going to put 10% down, which is $16,200. Okay. And we're going to take out a mortgage for the balance, which is $145,800. Okay. okay. Yep. All right. So, so the first uh, point I want to make, okay, is that, and by the way, we're going to assume that uh, the person that does this stays, okay, in the home for 30 years just to make the math easy. Now, this probably yeah. wouldn't happen, and we'll get to that, but just to make the math easy. Okay, and by the way, in 1990, a 30-year mortgage was at 9.64%. Ooh, that's a big number. That's a big number. Okay. So I'll, I'll get to a lower, don't get nervous folks. I'm, I'm going to get to a lower number here in a while. Okay. But anyway, so, so I did some math. Okay. Uh, so on the $145,800 mortgage, okay, that's $1,231 a month principal and interest. Okay. Well, yeah. 
without going into taxes just yet, okay, if you stayed in that house for 30 years, that $145,800, your principal and interest payments came to $443,158. That's a a lot of payments, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all I did was multiply the payment times 12 times 30. Okay, so wait a minute. So you, you, you bought a $162,000 home, but before I take a few bucks off for inter- tax deductions, you wrote, you wrote checks for 443000 Yep. Okay. Anyway, okay, if you factor in a 25% tax deduction on the interest, by the way, folks, the interest was $296,000. Okay. Okay. But anyway, okay, if you factor in a 25% tax deduction, okay, so here are the numbers. Okay, 145,800 in principal, 222,369,000, okay, uh, in taxes after a tax deduction. All right? Yep. Okay, so far. So, and, and I threw a few more numbers in here to try to make it reasonable, okay? Uh, Over the course of time, uh, people generally remodel or upgrade their kitchen, and they generally remodel or upgrade their bathrooms, okay? So what I did is I Googled the uh, present value, okay, uh, of a kitchen renovation. Uh, I, I took the midpoint, which today is $23,764, and I backed it down, okay, to 2005. So this person buys the home uh, in 1990, and in 2005, they remodel a kitchen. And by the way, so I discounted the cost. It's about $14,000 to do a kitchen okay. in 2005. Okay. Okay. Oh, you and look back it, that far, huh? Well, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying. You know, must people been, must been doing a lot of googling on their homes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're going to figure out a return on investment. Yeah. You have to add up your costs. Right. Okay. You get some math. Okay. Uh, and then I assume this house had a couple of bathrooms, and I did the same thing going backwards today. Uh, a, a bathroom remodel average today. I took the midpoint of the range is like ten thousand six hundred and ninety-five dollars. I went backwards and had them uh, do that, okay, in 2010, a few years after the kitchen. And by the way, they have two bathrooms. So the bathroom costs were 15773 okay? By the way, I had them do a roof, and I had them do some, a paint job, okay? okay. And, and so the, the, the bottom line, folks, is that that $162,000 home I added up just that math. There's $419,027 worth of costs. Okay. Now, the, the costs, I, I could add more, but I didn't. So it's just principal interest, a kitchen remodel, okay, a two bathroom remodels, okay, uh, a paint job and a roof job, basically, for a home. Okay. Well, so let's see. You pay, you, you paid a... Hundred and sixty-two thousand. Okay, your total costs are four hundred and nineteen. Well, you sell the house for four hundred and fifty-six. It's worth four eighty, but you have a, a commission. So you sell a house for four fifty-six. Your total costs, and I could add more, are actually four hundred and nineteen thousand dollars. So you made thirty-six, thirty-seven thousand dollars over thirty years. Yeah. When you're in that. Okay. And again, there's so many ways to do the math here. I'm not trying to be deceitful, but I just divided 36,000 by the cost. That was like an eight tenths of a percent per year return. Yeah. For the 30 years. Okay. Well, so so people are going to say, well, wait a minute, that you know that person would have refinanced. And, and by the way, they they more than likely would. Okay. Um, but I I didn't do the math on that because when people refinance, they get at a lower rate. Okay. But 
they probably keep the term the same and go out 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so, not always, right. not always. Yeah, but okay. No, I understand. So I'm just trying to keep it very simple yeah. to make a couple of points. Okay, and, yeah. and the short story. And we'll is, get. And of course, we'll we'll get. I you know we'll get a little bit more detailed later on. Um, but just just to be, let me jump in there. Uh, you know, the interest rate which I do have uh, up in front of me here. You know, it was in the nines in 1990. It it sort of slowly trended down, right? If I look in 1995, uh, wow. let's see, you know, it was, it was down to like seven or eight. And then by 2000, uh, although it popped up, you know, 2005, it's down in the, in the five, six range. And, and of yeah. course now, you know, then 2010, it's down in like the, the three or four, you know, the four or five range. And now where we are is, you know, down in the threes and sometimes sub three, even for, and this is a 30 year mortgage, right? Right now I have it at 2.84%. So yes, people would have refinanced. Yeah. yeah. I kept it very simple. Again, yeah. this is not realistic, but just to understand the math, just to get a baseline. Yeah. Deal is if you total up all of your mortgage principal and interest payments and add that, okay, to the cost of the home and the down payment you put down, it's a whole lot of money yep. if you stay for 30 years. Okay, and I threw in a kitchen, average remodel, a couple of bathroom updates, a roof and a paint job, which everybody has to do and then some, by right. the way. And, and my point is, you didn't make a whole lot of money when you factor that in. And I could add more, but I'm not going to right now, sort of a thing. Okay, so so people out there listening to me are saying, well, interest rates are high. So I did the same math with just a 3% mortgage for the whole time. Okay. okay so, so I pretended that we bought that $162,000, okay, with a 3% mortgage out of the box and hung on to it forever. Okay. Yep. Did the same other costs. Okay. I took a tax deduction for the interest. Okay. Uh, and I came up with a total cost of like $260,000. Well, okay. You sell your house, that $480,000 house. If you sell it, you get 456,000 after a commission. Yep. And, and holy cow, with, with that scenario, made like $195,000 worth of profit. There you go. And, and I just did a rough divided by the value, yada, yada. Okay, it's about a 4% return, okay, w which is about what real estate earned for that period of time. Yeah. Okay, so, so, I, so number one, okay, that was a perfect, an absolutely perfect scenario. Okay. And my point is that you've got to, your expenses have to be almost perfect for you to get anywhere near the amount of money you think your house, the house on it on its own is growing, but the expenses that you pay for it to support are really have to be factored into the equation. So, so yep, under an absolute, by the way, if for the next 30 years, people do the same math, hang on to their 3% mortgage for 30 years, okay, and basically stay in that home and don't refinance and don't buy bigger homes and don't spend any more than I got, then you have a chance to get somewhere near the actual price appreciation in the real estate. But it's, re it's really, really, really hard to do. Right. Okay, because people have a way of messing up their return. By the way, they may be creating a perfectly comfortable life with a good lifestyle and a wonderful home and some I I, I that the, the home is your abode, you want an enjoyable and nice place to live and you want to be able to feel comfortable and happy. I get that. But if we're just looking at the return on your investment, most people don't come anywhere near achieving what, what they think they could make. And by the way, a lot of people lose money. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll stop for your reactions to that, my son. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, you know, we'll, we're going to spend a lot of time on this. I, I should point out, uh, you know, you referenced the comparison to the, you know, to the investment world and cost and rates of return. And, and of course, as we know, that's, you know, there's a fair amount of complexity. There's even more of it, right? And, and you know, we're going to attempt to, you know, I, have, I put a, together a spreadsheet and I'm going to try to actually run some math and do some comparisons. Oh. That's it. Um, so we're going to try to run some math and do some comparisons to renting later on. But, you know, just to be clear, we, you know, it's almost impossible to catch every cost 
in yeah. that that, that yep. should that should go into this actual calculation, right? I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, you're you're talking about you know you mentioned refinancing, and you may refinance, you know, I, I don't know five times if you're living in a place for forty years for thirty years, right? Uh, it, at least you know that that's probably been the case over the last thirty years or so as that, rates have continued probably, to come that's down. That's the average, but then that's yeah. because interest rates are coming. Yeah. Maybe people will. You know, the good news is Justin is that maybe people will be more disciplined about doing refinances, taking money out, paying off debt, yeah. stuff like that. With interest rates low, yeah, that's an advantage. Uh, you have to work harder to mess it up, but that doesn't mean it's impossible given right. the circumstances, okay? But yeah, yeah. every time you do a refinance, there is a you know, there's a refinance cost that yeah. goes into into doing that. Then, you know, if you if you a, a large scale remodel is fairly easy to price out, right? I mean, you're t- if you if you're going to put an addition on your home, you probably talk to a contractor, you got a quote, and then you know that that person said, "Hey, this is how much it's going to cost you to do this remodel," but you know that doesn't count all of the little things that you do to your home over the course of uh, of living there, right? If you're if especially if you're in the same place for a long time, catching every little bit that you spend on it is is nearly impossible, and so there's just a lot that goes into it, and I. Think think any, anything that we run probably will will make it look rosier just because we're not catching all those little all those little expenses right kind of like when we when we talk with clients about doing their budgets and we yeah. say you know you can you know please put together your budget and, and we know with certainty virtually every single time that no one is going to catch every item that they spend in their life and, and their budgets always come up short of what we think they really spend uh, it's going to be similar with this calculation I think yeah, and, and I think, you know, uh, with however much time we have to our guest joins us. Yeah. Okay, so, so in that absolutely perfect scenario where you didn't refine finance, you didn't buy a bigger home, yeah. <laughs> have a bigger mortgage and still stick it out another 30 years or whatever, in an absolutely perfect scenario, you might be able to make uh, approximately what your home is actually appreciating in value. Yeah. But uh, it, it, Justin, the reality is that that's not the case. And, and yeah, to the refinancing. So, so I think the numbers are that over a person's lifetime, they'll refinance three, four, five times, or whatever the heck the numbers yeah. are. By the way, because we've had interest rates coming down, that's certainly you know made that more popular to do. But but you know what what have we seen in the clients that we work with, Justin, that they refinance and uh, some of them take out money, extra money, and buy a car. Or yeah. some of them take out money and pay off some debt. Or do this or that. So one thing about the refinance is yeah. that you may take out more money, okay, for, for you know j- just because. And then the second thing is when, when people refinance, the cheapest deal is always the 30 years. So the, the real bad thing about refinancing is you continue to have a 30-year mortgage every time you refinance. And people don't think about that till the end, but but it catches up with you. There was a, I have a note here. Okay, the, the According to the Federal Reserve, the average mortgage balance of a 65 to 70 year old person right now today is $130,700. Okay. Okay, I, we, I rest my case. Okay, that people have refinanced or bought homes and continue to do the 30-year gig. Okay, and that's one of the big mistakes that people make here. If we can focus on the mistakes, okay, or the bad decisions people make, okay, it, that, that's probably my main focus for the show to think about that. So, so anytime that you refinance, folks, you probably don't save money at a lower rate because you probably did keep the term <laughs> at 30 years, okay, and do the math. Well, you, you, okay, yeah. you okay with that? Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm, you're, you're sort of generalizing broadly. I don't, I think there's, I there, there are plenty yeah. of people who do factor that in, and and I think, you know, we, we work with our clients on making sure that they're, um, you know, that, that they factor that into their retirement plans. And so I, I think it's, you may be overestimating how many people do that, but it certain it does certainly happen out there. And we, it's, it's something that you want to make sure that you're on top of because, uh, you know, ideally you're, again, we, we talk ideally you're mortgage free in retirement. Um, yeah. 
And if you're not, usually, at least from all the scenario, you know, this is anecdotal, all the scenarios that we run, if you are debt-free in retirement, you usually have a better you have better odds of success. Yeah, okay, so, so the macroeconomic learning point here is that if folks do refinance, uh, it's number one, keep the refinance term to third, you know, so it ends the same time as your 30 year mortgage or you'll be having 30 year mortgages forever. Okay. Most people don't do that, but that, that's a, that's something to consider. Okay. As you go along. And by the way, when you do refinance, okay, try not to take money out for some other purposes. Uh, it, it might be cheap money, but it's adding to the cost of your home over time. And you know, if, if you take $25,000 out of a 30 year mortgage to buy a car, it ain't free. Did you pay, you're paying for that $25,000 car loan for 30 years, basically, on the mortgage. So yeah. be careful about refinancing. We okay with that for a, a grand summary statement yeah, on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I was just looking at, you know, I, I don't, at some point, it looks like this industry, um, I don't think anyone, there's not that many people in this industry that were around when refinancing wasn't a regular thing, right? I mean, at some yeah. point, that's gonna, <laughs> it, it may go away where you may see rising interest rates for a protracted period of time. But literally, since 19, uh, it's been nothing but downhill since 19, what, 81, right? So we're talking about 40 years of declining rates. And I don't know, I, I guess we always, we do always say that eventually rates will start a slow, steady rise, but we haven't been right just yet. <laughs> yes, we're coming up just on a break, but when we come back, I'll talk about the next mistake people make, uh, and, and that's buying a bigger home with bigger mortgages. We'll get back to that in a minute, but I think it's about time for a break. And we are back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. And we are talking about your home as an investment today. And I do, I believe, uh, have a caller. I, not a caller, a guest. Alicia, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I, I am. Uh, all right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Alicia, Alicia Glazier of Keller Williams of the Merrimack Valley. And uh, she's essentially uh, just uh, one of my friends, and <laughs> <laughs> which is why she was kind enough to do this on relatively short notice. So thank you for being here, Alicia. No problem. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, so, you know, first thing I want to mention is that we did finally uh, take down just, just in the last couple of days, your Red Sox schedule that you were kind enough to send us for the year. It was very, very helpful. <laughs> to you. you must have been kicking yourself. I, I don't know when you sent those out, but I, I remember uh, seeing that. And then in March saying, oh boy, this isn't going to be terribly useful this year, but exactly. we kept and there's it. There's a reason you're not getting a Bruins. We, <laughs> yeah, we kept it up all season just, uh, <laughs> just for you anyway. So thank Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, we're, you know, we're going to talk about your home as, as an investment. And I think, uh, just checking, Mike, you are, you are still there, correct? Yes, and uh, good morning, Alicia, and thanks for being with us. Appreciate that. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. So uh, when, we, uh, when we go through the math on you sort of your home as an investment, you know, one of the things, and I think that, you know, the... The biggest issue, and I'll put issue sort of in air quotes, um, it, it may be an issue in the fact that, you know, if you're trying to earn an investment return on your home, which again, most people don't view their home as an investment. Uh, but if you were going to, you know, the sort of the major issue that you would have would be all of the money that you would spend on it. Um, that, that doesn't necessarily get you a, a return, quote unquote, right? So I, I wanted to have you on just to, you know, maybe to get your thoughts and maybe to get uh, a professional's opinion on, you know, what you think are, are some improvements that, that, are, that are, quote unquote, worth it as an investment. You know, you're, I'm also happy to have you chime in on, you know, if you have a different opinion than us and say, hey, you know what, you guys are, you're thinking about this all wrong. You shouldn't think of your home as an investment. This is where you live. And and it's sort of a silly exercise to, you know, to, to compare this to the S&P 500, right? So, um, you know, wh why don't you start off there with, you know, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on what's worth it and what do you see people maybe doing correctly or incorrectly as far as spending money on their homes? Is that too broad a question for you? No, that's all right. I'll start there <laughs> and you can jump in at any point. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, I frequently talk to my clients when they call me. I get a lot of calls. Hey, can you come out and take a look around our house and tell us what you think we should do? Yep. You know, and the number one question I have is, are we talking a five-year time period in which you plan to sell your home? Or do you think you're going to be there? You know, if they have young kids 
and they think they're going to stay in their home for another 15 to 20 years before they sell, then it's a very different conversation about what improvements uh, are going to do for the value of their home. Um, someone who's got a short-term timeline um, updating the primary, the kitchen and the bathrooms is always going to be a good return on investment. But as you know, things change. Style changes very quickly. So if yeah. you update your kitchen today to meet today's you know, style and taste and you do a beautiful white kitchen, three years from now, someone might say, I really don't like this. So you've got to be careful, um. you know, in terms of designing for yourself or designing for the market are two very different decision-making points. And you can spend yeah, see, a Justin, lot of guys money on a that, kitchen and bathroom. Justin, <laughs> guys don't think about that stuff, okay? I was, so, I was just should, thinking about that. I said, oh, well, that's an interesting point. I never no, thought yeah, of that. So <laughs> I go into a lot of people's houses and walk around, and they say, okay, so we're going to do the kitchen. What do you recommend? And we're going to put the house on the market. You know, our, our oldest is, or our youngest is a junior in high school. We'll be out of this house in the next three to five years. Yeah. So then the whole conversation is focused on styling to the masses making it as neutral as possible. Don't pick your fancy colors and your beautiful, shiny, you know, granite that you like. We're going to go with more neutral tones, neutral things that will hopefully remain classic and be sellable. So oh. you want to make sure you're making the smart choice with those money investments if you are going to do updates to the property for the short term. Long term, if you're going to be there for a long time, I tell people, this is the house you're living in. The only thing I caution people on when making their decisions, and, and I'm going through this myself personally right now, we want to do a, a whole-scale renovation on the first floor of our house. If, if <laughs> I'm we sorry, I'm, that, I'm laughing because you're, you're, you're the first floor of your house I've been in, and, and <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, okay. But, all right. <laughs> but we want to change the style to live, open it up, to yeah. live more effectively for us. And it's something that we've really come to recognize being home full time. Yeah. So now when we talk about that, I will price this home out of the real estate market for my neighborhood if I put $100,000 into it. So that's the conversation that I'm constantly having with clients. And I sometimes send clients like to you to say, listen, yeah. here's what the value is going to happen to your house if you do all this work, but you don't have a lot of cash on hand. What makes sense and what doesn't make sense for your future? Okay. So yeah, I mean, I mean you know, we, we talk about you know, one of the things we're talking about, obviously, is is that work on your home. And so, I mean, in theory, let's say you're let's say you're a long term. Uh, let's say you know you're going to move into you know you and I we move into Westford to raise our families, and we then want to do some work on our home, right? And, and I you know I know we have already been in this situation. Uh, Suzanne and I have done work on our home, uh, but but now you're saying that in theory, if you if you move into a place, let's say you you know your kids are young, uh, you move in, you want to do some remodeling for your lifestyle, you're then talking about potentially having to redo it again to make it more sellable. And so now we're talking about potentially multiple remodels, right? I mean, if you if yeah. you if you do a kitchen now and then in in 20 years there's a there's a decent chance that you're going to have to do it again or, or you're or you risk falling behind the you know the the times so to speak from a um you know from a some just a, an aesthetic point of view that's absolutely correct people don't consider your kitchen quote unquote new if it's not within like the last 10 years okay oh all right interesting alicia in this fact, is mike just a question uh so if your folks get ready to sell their homes and they start to do things, most of what I've read said that whatever you do to get your home ready, you don't get 100% of that back, uh, at least most of the time. It's, I mean, you get percentages, but they're usually not over 100. Am, am I dreaming or, or how does that work? No, that's correct. So generally speaking, we tell people, you know, if you're doing a, or I tell people, if you're doing a kitchen or bathroom renovation, you're not going to see 100% of that back. But that's not necessarily true today. That's normally true. <laughs> but what we've seen happen in the last year has been the inflation of prices has been pretty wild. So, um, you know, I want to sort of caveat it all with right now we're seeing houses go fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars over asking price, and asking price was derived based on competition that's closed in the market. So things are almost like throwing darts at the wall right now because there's a lot of buyers with very low inventory. So generally speaking, you're correct, Mike. You don't get 100% back. You put a $8,000 roof on your house. It doesn't mean you can automatically then turn around and increase the price of your house by $8,000. 
It's a place to live and enjoy, and maybe you make a few bucks on it sooner or later, right? Yeah, and I think the longer, I mean, history has told us the longer you hold your house, the more money you'll probably make on it in the end. But the reality of today's market is we're very high. So will we will we see it come down again soon, and then we'll have to sit and wait for those prices to come back around? Yeah, how, or, or how long will it take to get back to where they are? You know, in our business, if prices are high, they go down, and it takes a while for them to get back, and I'm sure that works the same way in the real estate world. It does. Though Massachusetts is usually one of the last ones to see the decline and one of the first ones to start to recover, um, which is fantastic for all of our homeowners here. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any uh, numbers, but with the 2007-89 mess, it was a mess for financial investments and real estate investments. How long did it take Massachusetts home prices to, to recover from that in terms of years? Do you have any they, on that? Well, so I, I have um, personal firsthand experience in that I was a, a home buyer in the 11 and 12 market. So only a couple of years after, right? And I was nine offers, multiple offers every time. I finally had to waive my home sale contingency, waive the appraisal to get into a house. And that was in 2011 and 12. So it was back and super competitive. And now here we are in 2020, so eight years since since then, roughly, and we've seen the prices go even further up. They've just continued to escalate since then. Alicia, I'm just curious when, you know, so if you step out of your role as an agent, right, and you're, and mm-hmm. you're just sort of in the community, do you have an, do you, do you get a, I mean, you must notice, I'm, I'm sure that as you walk around, uh, you know, your, your friends and neighbors' homes, you sort of, you will notice things about their houses. I, I assume that just comes with the territory. <laughs> do you have a sense that, you know, when someone does a remodel or when, you know, when someone, you know, makes an improvement, does an addition, do you have a sense that, you know, will it pop into your head, oh, this is, this is probably a good idea or a bad idea from a, from a, from a value point of view? Is that something that you just know? I mean, I know you, yeah. ha- you know, when, when you're a professional and someone is asking the question, you're sort of in control, you know, you, you might say, okay, well, hey, th- this is, this is potentially worth it, right? This, this kitchen, this bathroom is yep. worth it. But when you're just out there in the community and no one's asking your opinion, what is your sense of the average remodel the average, you know, addition that is put on? Do you think it's, it's worth it from a financial point of view or, I mean, so and, and adding, again, that's not necessarily yeah. what people are going for finances, but yeah. what are your thoughts yeah, so on that? Adding square footage always helps though. I, you okay. know, the comment I made before about pricing yourself out of a neighborhood, I see as a concern. Sometimes I see folks in, in a particular um, town or area within a town where the neighborhood generally has homes that sell, you know, let's just say in the $500,000 range, suddenly they're talking about almost doubling the size of the house and in addition that's going to cost them around $200,000. Now we're looking at a house that they think would be worth $700,000, but that that particular town or neighborhood might never actually command those kind of prices. So in that instance, I definitely see situations where it's like, oh, that's probably not our best idea. You're probably better off to sell and buy bigger. Okay. Um, so we do have a lot of those conversations. I, the renovations or updates that we see often that are guaranteed to you know, be good for the market if you're going to turn around and sell are the systems updates, the roof, the windows, the siding, the furnace or air conditioning. Those are things that, as a real estate agent, I take my buyers into a house and I immediately say, here are your updates. These are the primary things, the sort of fundamental structural things of the home that have been updated or have been maintained in a way that make this house a better value than something where those things haven't been taken care of. Okay. Interesting. Justin? Yeah. Justin, uh, there might be some folks out there listening to us who have some questions for Alicia. Why don't you give out that phone? Oh, yeah. Sorry. If you if you have any questions, uh, you can give us a ring, 978-454-4980. We're live in the Merrimack Valley today. Again, 978-454-4980 is the number. Um, Alicia, you know, one of the questions that I had is, you know, we're, we're sort of finance guys and, and money guys, and we, you know, we sit around and talk about investment returns, uh, all, you know, n- not exclusively with our clients, but it's, it is a big part of what we do. How often do you find 
your buyers are focused on, you know, in, in, you know, sort of a home as a return. Is that something that you talk with clients about or is it something, you know, are, are they just, is your average buyer just saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking for, a, you know, a great place to, uh, to raise my family and it, and it doesn't come up whether or not this will be a good long-term investment, quote unquote? I'd say it's about a 50-50. Oh, really? About, okay. and, and, you know, whenever I see something about a property that is concerning, like um, location is particularly close to something that others might consider a nuisance, for example, maybe a train track or a particularly close to the highway, yep. I always make sure to identify that for my buyers because that potentially does decrease their future return on investment right if others see that as a negative even if they may not okay but for the most part i work with families generally so they're less focused on their return they're more focused on their forever investment you know their bigger bigger picture investment like this is for my family not for my wallet right yeah but um i do have clients who are solely in the real estate market for investing they're looking for um, either small houses that they can flip, or they're looking at properties that make sense from a rental perspective. Okay. So small homes in and around the area that are below a certain price point for them that we know we can get $2,600 a month on rent. The home has been well-maintained or updated, so there's going to be little maintenance for them. They may try and snatch that up as an investment property for themselves. Okay. Well, fantastic. Michael, you have any other questions for Alicia while we still while we have her? I know she has a she has a busy day today. Uh, uh, <laughs> like all like all of us parents, you know, who who have little kids. Uh, uh, Alicia, I, I, I've thought of this before, but I'm not sure. Is there a, is is there a relationship between interest rates and home prices? Uh, as in, interest rates are very low right now, and they've driven prices higher. And if interest rates go higher, will they drive relative prices lower? Is there any connection there? Yes. There is definitely a correlation. It is not a one-to-one -one correlation in the sense that, like, as soon as rates go up, we're not going to automatically see home prices come down. But our buyers right now have buying power beyond what they have ever had before because of these low interest rates. So they have the capacity to borrow more money and still see their monthly payments stay within an attainable zone. So they are bargaining up and, you know, negotiating up prices and making offers that are well over asking because rolling an extra $30,000 into their mortgage right now means very little on their monthly payments. So because of that, we are seeing the, the prices continue to escalate as, as it's so advantageous in terms of the rates. And just yeah, uh, last question from my, me, me is that our younger folks, I guess we can call them millennials, I'm not sure what the terms are these days, but <laughs> as a percentage of buyers, better or worse than historical averages, or where, where, where is that for young folks these days? Yeah, so we in, in the Merrimack Valley area are seeing a large exodus or entrance into our market of those millennial buyers who are leaving the city, leaving Boston. Um, and leaving the Boston metro area, looking for more land, looking for more space, looking for driveways. Now that everyone is home full-time, yeah. we have been truly inundated by those buyers. Um, I have a great young family who's buying a home in Groton next week who are coming right out of Jamaica Plain. People are making a big step right out of the city into the quote-unquote woods <laughs> um, because there is not, you know, right now there's a premium on space. Um, people are feeling very tight in those smaller homes. So we, we have a lot of millennial buyers who have been waiting maybe the last couple of years to jump into the market because the prices were continuing to edge up. Um, and inventory has been so low, so they have kind of sat on the sidelines a bit. But now that um, we're living in a new world, those folks are jumping in as well, and they are absolutely a big part of our market right now. I, I remember just a few just a few years ago, or or maybe it was longer. It was you know the the rage was that uh, younger folks are staying in the cities. I guess I guess that trend didn't last all that long, huh? Yeah, so, I mean, there are definitely some families, and I know, you know, a number of families who have gone bigger in the city to accommodate for this um, yeah. change in lifestyle, 
but um, almost every home that comes on the market out here, we're seeing multiple offers as long as the condition of the home is nice. And we're seeing a lot of those with new agents we've never seen before because they're coming out of Boston. A lot of them have sold their places. They're in rentals or they're in temporary housing, and they're itching to get into a property out this way. So, yeah, it's been a big change for our market in the last six months. Wonderful. Alicia, it's too early to tell, but, but it, it sounds like this COVID mess and the working at home reaction, it sounds like that's probably going to catch on and change some things going forward to some degree. That has some pretty significant uh, implications for lots of areas, but real estate is certainly one of them. Is that correct? Absolutely. No. Absolutely. We, I, I think we thought that... Um, as a market, we were starting to trend away from sort of the McMansion phase of, of larger homes and folks wanting to be a little bit more conservative. We saw sort of the, the boom of the tiny house hunters online and things like that that was very novel for a while. And now people are going, oh, my God, I can no longer live in my 1,100 square feet with my family of four. Yeah. We need more space. So, yeah, we're seeing a, a definite transition in the market from that perspective, which is COVID-related. We're seeing a lot of marketing of homes now being, you know, if there's an extra private office space in that home, it's front and center in the marketing of that property because suddenly everyone needs a home office. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. By the way, Justin, your your mother is a fanatic about watching the tiny home shows. <laughs> We decided we need to buy twelve of them, put them together, to make it work. I think, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Alyssa, Alyssa is this. Well, I don't know if she still is, but Alyssa was all was was all into the tiny homes too. I remember that. I remember that fad. I never really quite understood it, but. Uh, <laughs> Minimalist isn't a bad thing, <laughs> yeah. but if everyone's going to be stuck yeah. inside all the time, you yeah. need some breathing room. Not not this winter. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be all that great, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, any, anything else uh, that you do you think we should cover, Alicia, or do you think we we uh, you know I, I don't I don't want uh, to leave you with a if you have something to say, I'll, I'll give you another chance to say it. We're coming up on a break here in a little while, and we're going to let right. you go. But uh, what else? Did we miss anything? No, hey, Justin, I think, don't, I, I don't rush her. We get, she's getting some coverage here. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> like advertising. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I think that, you know, home home purchasing for your family, for your forever home is 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 different than investing in real estate in, in yeah. order to make money. So, you know, I think that there are different things you have to think about and look at, but Generally, I think that we covered it all, you know, doing home improvements for yourself, for your family to make your house more livable for you is never going to be a bad investment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and just shorter term, do you, do you and this is a guess, and I, you know, obviously we, we, we actually spend a lot of time um, suggesting that people don't try to predict the future, but uh, what, what do you think about uh, this winter and, and the housing market? Do you think, I mean, I know it's been, I know it's been crazy. Do you think it's going to continue into the winter? And I know it usually slows down a bit, but do you think that's going to be a change? Actually, yeah, so far we have not seen our typical seasonal slowdown. Yeah. Um, and we attribute, I attribute that partially to, COVID, now that so many kids are remote learning, usually once school starts, parents are less likely to move their children from one school district to another. But given that so many children are doing remote learning, they're less concerned about that transition and the emotional impact of transitioning schools during the school year. So we are seeing, um, you know, winter weather does play a factor in what we see come on the market for inventory in the winter months in terms of if we've got a very snowy winter, we may see a little less inventory versus a warmer winter. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't expect the same type of normal slowdown. We're already sort of through most of our usual seasonal low in the, in the early part of um, winter here right around the holidays, and we're still seeing there's not a lot of inventory. So, you know, anything that does come on is selling quickly. Okay. Oh, very nice. All right. Hey, so, um, you know, if, if folks are looking uh, at real estate, I'll, I'll, I'll give out your website. It's, it's aliciaglazier.com. Is that the one that, that, that's, that's best right. to use? Yep. All right. And that is Alicia, A-L-Y-S-H-A, and Glazier is G-L-A-Z-I-E-R. So aliciaglazier.com uh, if anyone wants to reach out. And uh, I don't think, any, Mike, anything, uh, you have anything else for Alicia? No. Nope. Alicia, you okay giving out your phone number or just your website? What's your pleasure? Uh, sure. I can give out my cell phone as well. That's fine. Uh, 
Um, you have to say it twice because this is the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my cell is 508-769-1286. It's 508-769-1286. And I thank you guys so much for having me on today. Thank you for joining us, and uh, you know I'll see you on I'll see you on the soccer sidelines. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great afternoon. All right. Take care, Alicia. A <laughs> uh, little local real estate report, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and you know what? I want to. I want to. You know, let's let's uh, let's give a shout out to Alicia. You asked her some very sort of specific questions about uh, you know about numbers types of things, and she uh, she was not prepared for those questions in advance, and she uh, she did nail them. So good for her. Hey, well, you know, we need to ask the hard questions here from time to time. Yeah. You know? I tell you. All right. So, you have any conclusions about uh, her appearance before we move on, my son? Yeah, you know, I, I do have right. So, so there are. I was able to find, you know, because part of this was, you know, trying to figure out what what value you get for uh, for certain kinds of remodels. And there is a website that I did that I did find that tracks it. Again, it's you know you know this is just us searching around online, and it's not necessarily um, you know we're, we're not vouching for the uh, for how accurate it is. But uh, there's a there's a website called remodeling uh, dot h dot net uh, that does you know it, it looks like it's it's tracking the cost of different remodeling projects. And you know it's you know it'll give you the um, the cost recouped on each of the projects and and you know the the you know as Alicia was saying there are certain things that are more valuable and you know that where you get you know more of the cost back and there are others where you you know where you certainly don't and there are a bunch of them here I don't know if we want to go through all of them but you know we'll we'll start with the ones that that don't um, that don't help all that much. Uh, looks like a master suite edition. Um, you, you know, you you may get a you may recoup uh, you may recoup about fifty percent of uh, that remodel. Um, and you know, going with in, going with an upscale bathroom is the same. Now, you know, obviously there's different types of remodels, right? If you wanna you know if you wanna put in a very you know, a very fancy bathroom, I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell us what a um, you know what an upscale bathroom remodel costs versus talk with your mother, okay? <laughs> versus a, versus a just a more a more standard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like anything that you do that's you know, and, and again, this was uh, I think Alicia sort of was alluding to this a, a bit. It's anything if you if you go way over the top as far as the cost, you may not necessarily get all that value back. Uh, because again, everyone has their you know real estate preferences, and you know just because you spent thirty thousand dollars redoing a bathroom doesn't mean that uh, someone else is going to see you know necessarily see the value in that. But you know, but you know at the top of the uh, at the top of the list, you know you certainly do see you know things like um, you know a garage door is is like the number one for some reason um, a value you you, re, you know you recoup in New England ninety nine percent of the cost of that, which seems just uh, which seems you know pretty impressive, but um, anyway, uh, siding replacement, window replacement, um, minor kitchen remodel uh, are all up in that sort of that seventy five percent range, and so they're you know uh, putting on a deck uh, and uh, you know and sort of a lower end bathroom remodel are up on the higher side. So again, I, that's just you know when, when you're when you're thinking about what you're going to do as far as remodeling, I, I think you know the the story is. If you go with a you know, kind of a standard remodel, then you're more likely to get that money back. Uh, but if you're if you're really going upscale, it's then it's really to taste. And I don't know that you're you're probably not going to see that. It may be great for you. And and again, if you're going to live in the house for 20 years and you want to you you want a fabulous bathroom, then um, you know that's certainly your decision. But it's maybe not the best on a, on a on an investment point of view. Yeah, we we got about 45 oh. seconds. Or breaks, but just just to to add to that, yeah, I had a similar list, and it says the similar kind of things, and and I uh, the 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 reason uh, one of the reasons we're having this show is, well, do you consider your home an investor or not? Okay, uh, fr from our point of view, and maybe this will change uh, with, with generations going forward, but uh, we, we know an awful lot of people who are oh. who, who are you're getting played uh, out. I'm, I'm shut off. I guess we'll have to. <laughs> we'll catch it up on the other break. side. Go from there, then. Sorry. We'll be right. We'll be right back. <laughs>